Welcome back to the Gobble em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill. And hello and happy game day, Hokies. Welcome to episode 50. Yes, the big five zero. Episode 50 of the Gobble em Up podcast a part of the 5th Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Do you need a newer pre-owned car? If so, head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town. I absolutely love it. So if you want to shake things up, go get you a Mazda. Duncan will take care of you for there on 460 Business in Blacksburg. You can find some of their new and pre-owned selection of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. So check them out if you are in the market for a new or pre-owned car. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you all so, so much for joining us. And if you are on Apple or Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe and give us a rating. We would so greatly appreciate that. My name is Carter Hill. I'm your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. It's another game day pod. Now, this is not the long-term plan, but scheduling-wise, We've had we have had to do a couple game day pods recently, and we've gotten some good feedback. Like I said, not the long term plan, but we will work with it for now. So we apologize for any inconvenience there. But we got a big one to preview: Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, the battle for who will control their own destiny in the ACC Coastal Division. ACC is as wide open as ever. Obviously, we're talking about the coastal side. Really, it's a, you could still say it's a four-legged race between Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh. But this weekend will definitely give us a clearer picture on who will potentially represent the coastal division in Charlotte on Saturday, December 4th. On the Atlantic side, Clemson barely snuck by both Boston College and Syracuse. Wake Forest has looked good. We'll see how much that holds up. BC's look decent without their uh, starting quarterback, Phil Dracovic. And I'm forgetting one here. Uh, Florida State, no. Louisville, no. Syracuse, no. NC State, of course. NC State also is still in the mix after taking down Clemson in Carter-Finley Stadium early on this season. But let's get right into it. Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, 330 on ESPN2. From inside Lane Stadium in what should be potentially another rainy one here in Blacksburg. Now, last week against Notre Dame, it wasn't necessarily the rain type of outing that meteorologists around the state of Virginia were calling for, but definitely a little bit of a drizzle mixed in from from, from time to time. But this weekend seems like more of a chance for a lot steadier of a downpour at times. But that's okay. Sometimes those games are the most fun. It's going to be a scrappy one, though. You look back and forth at these Virginia Tech-Pittsburgh matchups these last few years. 2020, the Panthers absolutely steamrolled the Hokies at Heinz Field, which is a or a house of horrors for uh, Virginia Tech, really, in their history of the program. They've only won once there, I believe, back in 2016, which was Justin Bunte's first season at the helm, obviously. 2019, the Hokies... Fed the Panthers a, a big fat donut, taking them down 28 to nothing in Lane Stadium. And Bud Foster's final home game as defensive coordinator here at Virginia Tech. 2018, very similar result to, uh, to 2020. The Panthers absolutely demolishing the Hokies. Ran for, I believe, off the top of my head, maybe over 500 yards in route to a 50 
2-22 victory in a cold, chilly, flurry game up at Heinz Field back in 2018. And then 2017, you have the goal line stand game where the Hokies take down the Panthers in Blacksburg after Pittsburgh had a first and goal from the one they were unable to punch in. And then 2017, that game was the lone game the Hokies have ever won up in the Steel City against the Panthers. So these two teams, they've duked it out the last few years, and I expect nothing less in this one. Let's go right into Pittsburgh, though. Then we'll transition to the Virginia Tech side. Kenny Pickett, he does not go away. This is the fifth time in his career the New Jersey native will face off against the Hokies, if you, rem if you remember correctly. In 17, he came off the bench relieving now Dallas Cowboys quarterback Ben DiNucci and then was the start of the last three seasons. So this will be number five, the, the, the fifth go-around for Pickett against the Hokies. He's obviously had quite a bit of quite a bit of success at times and also not so much so at times especially pointing to that 2019 28 to nothing defeat of the Panthers he's had a phenomenal year if you want to look at it from a national perspective Kenny Pickett the Pittsburgh offense and really the Panthers in general are having the year that North Carolina was supposed to have to a lesser degree at this point but particularly later on, can can possibly get there. Now, Kenny Pickett probably finds himself in the top five or six in the Heisman conversation right now in the middle of October, which is where Sam Howell was supposed to be, if not higher. Pickett, by far, has been the best quarterback in the ACC. Absolutely don't give me Sam Howell. Don't give me DJ Uyungle. Don't give me Sam Hartman down at Wake Forest. It's Kenny Pickett, by far, and his numbers show it. 121 for 168 so far this season. That's good for a 72% completion rate. He's thrown for over 1,700 yards already, averaging 10.3 yards a reception. How about this? He's thrown for 19 touchdowns, only one interception. He's arguably a top three quarterback in the entire country right now, and the entire credit goes to him, offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, and head coach Pat Narduzzi. Before we dive more into the Panthers offensively, they're elite. They are by far the best offense Virginia Tech will face this season. They have not given up, or they have not put up less than 41 points so far this year. Think about that. That's crazy. They put up 77 points against FCS. Foe, New Hampshire. Now, yes, it is an FCS foe, but I didn't see Virginia Tech put up 77 points on Richmond, if I am correct there. So this, this pit team, they can absolutely score. They are stacked from top to bottom on the offensive side. One of the best offenses in the country will be coming into Lane Stadium this weekend, and it's going to make you know a tough matchup for Virginia Tech. Some more crazy stats for these Panthers, and it'll look even crazier when we look at Virginia Tech stats offensively. Not to, you know, compare the two too much, but, you know, it kind of puts it in perspective how good this pit team really is, especially for, you know, a Pat Narduzzi team typically is very good defensively. They are decent offensively. This year, it's, it's vice versa. Very good offensively, okay defensively, but we'll get to that more later in the podcast. Jordan Addison is going to be Kenny Pickett's top receiver for the Panthers so far this year. Addison, who did not play in the Panthers' thumping of the Hokies last season up in Pittsburgh, has put up a solid 524 yards on 29 receptions, averaging 18.1 yards. Poor catch. 
and has put up nine touchdowns already in the 2021 campaign. Those are unreal numbers. He's going to All-American, one of the quickest and speediest receivers out there. And then you go down even more, they're receiving Cortezier. Mack is their number two. He's put up 16 receptions, 304 yards, and two touchdowns. And then uh, Jared Wayne, another guy who you may not think about. 15 receptions, 221 yards. Has not gotten in the end zone, but has averaged 14.7 yards per catch. And then here's the big one. Lucas Kroll, their star tight end, is as athletic as a tight end that there is healthy in the ACC. Of course, with James Mitchell sideline for the season. The former MLB draft pick, that's right. He was drafted in the 34th round by the San Francisco Giants in the 2018 Major League Baseball draft. He's had a nice year as well. 15 receptions, 193 yards, five touchdowns. So he's your red zone threat. And then you look at guys like Jalen Barden and even Shockey Jacques-Louis. He was the Panthers' number three receiver last year, and now he finds himself as the seventh leading receiver for this pit team, but still has put up 110 yards and a touchdown for this Panther team so far this season. On the ground for Pitt, they're a huge threat as well. Israel Abaniconda will be the leading rusher for the Pitt Panthers. 48 attempts so far this year, 207 yards, four touchdowns, but Vincent Davis is right on his trail. He's been around for quite some time, 56 attempts on 203 yards and two touchdowns. And then you got even guys like Rodney Hammond Jr. And Kenny Pickett can be a threat on the ground as well. And all of a sudden, this Pitt team is just stacked top to bottom on the offensive side. Now let's look at this team defensively. Like I mentioned, these Pat Narducey coach teams typically are known as absolutely stone-cold type defenses. Of course, Narduzzi was the longtime defensive coordinator in the glory days of Michigan State football. He kind of carried that over to the Steel City, and, you know, it's worked out to a degree. Well, yes, it has worked out, but... Now they, they do kind of take a step down uh, in the in this 2021 season. They don't have guys like like Paris Ford and that secondary anymore, and they lose a lot of guys up front from these past few years. But they still got playmakers. Brandon Hill, the Panthers' leading tackler, is very solid in that Pittsburgh secondary. And then a guy like Servassier Dennis probably is the biggest name that returns for the Pitt Panthers. He just trails Hill with 27 total tackles, a sack, and has been all over the field defensively for the Panthers so far this season. And then you got guys like Damari Mathis, another guy in that secondary who has been around for quite some time. He's totaled 15 total tackles, 11 solo, and has recorded one interception. So they're still playmakers. And then up front for the Panthers, Habakkuk, Baldonado, I believe is how you pronounce it. I, excuse me if I did not pronounce that correctly. He's your biggest threat up front so far this year. 11 solo tackles, 15 total, three and a half sacks. Good for 20 sack yards. And then Des Deslin Alexandri is another guy who will contribute to that pit front. And then you also got guys like John Morgan III and Kalijah Cansey who should be able to contribute to Pat Narduzzi's defense. So like I said, this pit team, and I'll get into the matchup later once we go through Virginia Tech. This pit team has the ability to put up points whenever they want to, which scares me, and I'll get to why later after we talk about the Hokies. 
the defense had you know the defense is vulnerable to giving up points which is not something we have seen really from this pit team in years past so there is some opportunities there but i don't know we'll see we'll see really threats all across the board for the Pitt Panther offense. So far this year, I told you they haven't scored less than 41 points. If it had not been for a defensive letdown against Western Michigan at home in a game where they fell 44 to 41, they'd be 5 0 and sitting in the top 20 so far this year. A 51 to 7 victory over UMass, 41 to 34 impressive victory in Neyland Stadium against the Tennessee Volunteers, 44 to 41. Loss to the Broncos, like we had just talked about. That 77-7 victory over New Hampshire was the one that stood out point-wise. But even, you know, a 52-21 win at Georgia Tech in Atlanta is nothing to sneeze at for sure against an ACC defense. Whoever wins this game probably will win the Coastal. I don't even know. I don't even think I feel confident saying that. I think if Pitt wins this game, they, you know, easily... We'll have, or I should say, if Pitt wins this game, I don't see them losing the Coastal based on how well they are equipped. They're probably the best team to win the Coastal in terms of what they possess offensively, what they can do from a defensive standpoint, and obviously the amount of points they can put up in an instant. It's all about whether or not that defense can, can help them out. Now, on the flip side for Virginia Tech heading into this one, the question mark surrounds quarterback Braxton Burmeister. Now, we know he is going to play this weekend against the Panthers after suffering that shoulder injury against Notre Dame last weekend, but is he 100% healthy? My guess is no. Is he even 75% healthy? My guess is no. Justin Fuente and company seem very confident with the Oregon transfer behind center for Virginia Tech this weekend and going forward, but he also don't have a lot of options behind him. Connor Blumrick will now be sidelined indefinitely after suffering that leg injury last week in the loss to the Irish. And guys like Knox, Kadem, and Taj Bullock are guys that the Hokies don't seem to want to throw out there right now. Taj Bullock may be in the future, but doesn't seem like they think he's game ready at this point. So Braxton Burmeister will be the guy going forward for Virginia Tech. Now, whether or not he is healthy is the big question. Now, to compare the Hokies' numbers to Pitts, as I was just talking about. Burmeister so far this year has thrown for 930 yards. He's rushed for 193. He's completed 77 passes on 131 attempts. That's good for a 58.8% completion rate. I touched on he's thrown for 100, or excuse me, 930 yards. He's averaged 7.1 yards per completion. Five touchdowns has taken care of the ball relatively well. Only two interceptions five games into the year. He's been good. He's not been great. He's not anywhere near what Kenny Pickett has been so far this year, but he's been good enough for Virginia Tech to win, to win week in and week out. As far as the running game for Virginia Tech, it seems like Raheem Blackshear has emerged as the clear-cut guy in the backfield for the Hokies. He's actually not even Tech's leading rusher on the season, though. That's Burmeister. Blackshear, though, 50, or excuse me, 46 attempts, 179 yards, Four touchdowns so far on the season for the Rutgers transfer. Now, we saw four running backs for the Hokies last weekend. We saw Blackshear. Jalen Holston actually didn't play a ton. We saw Keyshawn King, and then we also saw true freshman Malachi Thomas as well. Now, Blackshear, very clearly the guy going forward. His ability to make plays in space, his also ability to make plays in the receiving game as well will help out this Virginia Tech team. But guys like Holston and Keyshawn King and Malachi Thomas do look like they will play a role going forward. 
So it will be interesting to see how offensive coordinator Brad Cornelson and company deal with the run game the rest of the way for Virginia Tech, although in my opinion, Blackshear's definitely the guy. In the receiving game so far this year for Virginia Tech, Trey Turner, 330 yards on 22 receptions, a touchdown, Tavion Robinson, 219 yards, 19 receptions, and two touchdowns. Trey has been, you know, the big play Trey that he, you know, goes by, and he's been your playmaker in the receiving game. Tavion Robinson has made some big plays, and then you got Raheem Blackshear, who has secured 144 receiving yards, and like I said, he's going to be a threat out there as well, you all know from watching the games week in and week out. Again, this is just kind of a midseason update on the statistics for Virginia Tech and where the Hokies stand going into this one. Caleb Smith also has totaled 112 yards on 12 receptions so far this season. Now, defensively for Virginia Tech, this is where I'm concerned about this weekend. Pitt's offense is as lethal as it gets, as we just touched on. And Virginia Tech's defense, while it's very, very solid, will be missing their leader. In the linebacker core, in Dax Hollifield, he'll miss the first half after being ejected for targeting last week. And Keyshawn Artis will step in there. Now, he was a highly recruited guy. I think he will be a difference maker going forward, but is he ready to step in against this pit offense that you know is as good as advertised? I don't know yet. And you're losing your quarterback of the defense. I mean, he's the guy that's calling plays. He's the guy. I mean, he's your leader. He's a captain. So... Be interesting to see how the Hokies respond there, uh, filling that role with Keyshawn Artis and then potentially Dean Ferguson as well. So that's where I don't like the matchup. Pitt's offense versus Tech Stevens without Dax Hollifield. I certainly, uh, you know, matchup-wise, I actually point more towards, I don't think Virginia Tech's offense can keep up with the Panthers. You're going to see a similar game plan to what you saw against Clemson last year in North Carolina. Tech's going to... They're gonna. They're, they're not gonna snap the ball uh, until the forty seconds is completely run off the clock. They're going to do everything they can to keep the ball away from Kenny Pickett and that pit offense. And a couple of takeaways from Jermaine Waller and this Virginia Tech defense won't hurt either. I mean, Jermaine Waller's tied for the leader in interceptions nationwide with four and five games so far this year. He had that big pick six last weekend against Notre Dame. Anything they can do to slow down that pit offense, slow down the rhythm, and keep the ball away from them will give Virginia Tech their best shot to win this game. And Justin Fuente, he gets a lot of heat, and a lot of it understandably so, but one thing he ha- he actually has been good at since arriving in Blacksburg has been game planning. And you know sometimes it's not always executed well, but I've actually always thought overall that the game plans have been Pretty pretty good week in and week out for this Virginia Tech team. Gave them a shot to beat Clemson last year. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. There was a lot of, you know, shooting themselves in the foot in that one. And then North Carolina, obviously, it worked. It worked beautifully. And it's going to have to do the same thing this weekend if the Hogies are to come out victorious. So overall, I, I you know, I, looking more at this Virginia Tech defense before I, I get to my pick. I like where they're at without Dax. You know, it's it's concerning. The secondary actually showed some deficiencies really for the first time last weekend, other than the first half against West Virginia with Tay Daly. I shouldn't even say missing tackles. Tay Daly missing two assignments and letting a guy beat him twice in two crucial moments in the game. And that defensive front actually only had two and a half sacks against Jack Cohn and that Notre Dame offense, which, you know, once they brought Tyler Buckner in the game, it completely changed the way they were running their offense. But still, 
with an offensive line as, as bad as Notre Dame's, you would have liked to see a lot more pressure on the Fighting Irish up front. I do think Virginia Tech has a shot in this one. You know, I, I think I think the Hokies, you know, they have the advantage of Lane Stadium on their side. And as much as Heinz Field has not been kind to Virginia Tech, Lane Stadium has not been kind to the Pittsburgh Panthers. I've said it multiple times. I just don't think this Virginia Tech team matches up well with Pitt at all. I think there was a better chance for the Hokies to beat Notre Dame last weekend. But with the Panthers' ability to score without Dax Hollifield and Virginia Tech's inability to score offensively versus a solid Pittsburgh defense, I just don't see it happening. And I think Pittsburgh's going to get the win in Lane Stadium, and they're going to ride that to a Coastal Division title in 2021. Again, we don't know if this is the future plans for the podcast in terms of a game day preview. I would like to go back to the weekly preview schedule wise. I've had to kind of shift more to the game day ones, but we've gotten some good feedback on those. So keep those coming. We really, really appreciate that. But that's going to do it. Episode 550 of the Goblin Up podcast, a part of the fifth quarter sports network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. If you're driving to Blacksburg right now to see the Hokies and Panthers in person, go Hokies. Hope you all enjoy the game. Hope, hope, Hopefully it's not too wet out there, but sometimes those are the most fun ones if you're the diehards. Have a great weekend, Hokies. We will talk to you again next week prior to Virginia Tech and Syracuse from Lane Stadium.